So who's had a good long weekend? Yeah, yeah. Matariki. It's the first time I've ever really looked into it or celebrated it. And um, I've really enjoyed doing some reading, watching some videos, uh, trying to gain some understanding of what Matariki is all about. Um, I love the legacy part of it, the past, present and the future. That, that to me speaks volumes and I think it's quite amazing that uh, we're celebrating our global legacy on exactly the same weekend. It's amazing, you know, the past, the present and the future, the remembrance of the past, honouring those who, have, uh, who we've lost since the last, this time last year basically. And uh, I know we've got numbers of families in the church who have lost special people, people who are really close to you. And that's really, really difficult. And so it's wonderful to be able to stop and remember these ones, celebrating the present. Well, that's pretty exciting. God's doing some fantastic things at the moment in our present and looking forward to the future, which in a sense is what Global Legacy is about. We're celebrating the past, we're embracing the future, and we're looking forward to what God's got for us in the future, which is very, very exciting. I, um, I, I love this. Did you know that, that uh, Matariki um, is the Māori word for uh, Pleiades, the star constellation? And that uh, is in the Bible, believe it or not. In Job, that's like thousands of years old. They knew about Pleiades. And um, in Amos 5.8, it says this, it says, It is the Lord who created the stars, the Pleiades and Orion. He turns darkness into morning and day into night. He draws up water from the oceans and pours it down as rain on the land. The Lord is his name. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I think the Japanese word for Matariki is Sabaru. I drive one. It's pretty cool. It's got the stars on the badge. It's amazing. But, you know, as I've thought and I've pondered uh, this weekend and the celebrations, I'm going, yeah, they're amazing. They're incredible. But I'm really turning my attention to Jesus and I'm celebrating the God who put the constellations there. The constellations in space. I love the fact that they come up and they remind us of things and they remind us of events and they remind us to, to be grateful of the past and of the present and the future. But for me, it really landed when I thought, you know, I worship. I know the God who put those stars there so that they would come up. And I think it's an amazing thing, amazing thing to be able to ponder on that. It's really, really good. So, Father, we pray today as we celebrate the significance of Matariki. Father, we pray uh, and I pray particularly for families, for people who have lost dear ones in this last 12 months, that they would know your peace, that they would know your comfort, that they would know your grace and your mercy, that they would be able to remember fondly and celebrate going forward in Jesus' name. And Father, for the present, I'm so excited about what you're doing at the moment. We look forward to everything that you're doing and thank you that we get to partner with you in what you're doing. And as we look to the future, my goodness, there's some big things in the future for us, but they're amazing and we get to do those with you. So Father, I thank you that you have released vision for us to walk into, that it's your vision and that we get to partner with you. And I thank you for what the future looks like. Father, I pray that there's a um, kingdom legacy established that will bring glory to you.
for many, many, many generations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think tonight has the potential to change some people's lives. I do. In a quite a practical way, actually. I, I think because we're going to we're going to receive an offering tonight. And I want to talk to you about the offering and you know, unapologetically, I want to ask you to be involved with what we're doing. Because I think what we're doing is so significant. And I know that when I started sowing into an offering like this, at the start particularly, it was super challenging for me. But it changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my view of the world. It changed my view of the church's job. It changed my view of mission. And today, I actually really look forward to when we do these kind of things. I think about it for a long time before it comes, and, and I start to go, oh my goodness, we've got global legacy coming up. I wonder what Jan and I can do in that this year, not only physically, but also financially. And um, you know, we've had some fun this week as we've prayed about it together, as we've talked about it together, asked God what he wants us to do. And um, we kind of arrived on a number together. That was good. And then we talked about it and said, you know, we can probably do that if we you know, just go budget on the food for a while, we can probably make that happen. So maybe we need to give God some room to move in there and add a bit of faith to it. So we spent a bit more time and we came back together and we, we had numbers and uh, we thought, wow, that, okay, now we're stretching. That's, that's a bit uncomfortable. I wonder if we're there yet. And we went away and we prayed some more and we sat down last night together Actually, we had to sit down again together at breakfast this morning just to make sure that we were both on the same page because it went from uncomfortable to feeling like, oh, I'm feeling a bit nauseous now. I feel a bit like that, that's, God's got to do that because we can't. But I love that feeling at the same time. It's like I'm making room for God to do a miracle and I want God to do something. And when my days are over, Jan um, found this really cool quote about generosity. It says this, what we do for ourselves alone dies with us, but what we do for others and the world remains and is immortal. Isn't that wonderful? Because it's beyond us. It's going to, do, it's going to be special. It's going to do something really special. So I'm praying that we are all carrying the, the me and the we. That's what it says on the card. Me, we. Me, we. Can we say that together? Me, we. We, me, we. Oh, come on. Ready? Me, we. Me, we. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, and we can do this together. And as I said today, I'm asking or I'm inviting you to be personally involved with what God's doing. I would love you to be part of this. For me, whether, whether the whole global um, legacy is successful or not, is about whether we all get involved or not. That, that's how I measure it. It's like if we're all on board, I'm like, yes, we're on board together. If we're on board together, we can do something really significant. We can change the environment. We can bring transformation to our city. Something really, really special can happen. If a couple front up and just kind of go, yeah, well, we could do this and we could do that, as special as that is, as it doesn't have the power of the we. And we can do something really significant. When I'm thinking about generosity, Matthew 6.19 says, Don't store up treasure here on earth where moths eat them 
and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Because wherever your treasure is, there your heart's desire will also be. I love that. If I put some treasure into something, my heart will be there. If I put my treasure into what God's doing, my heart will be there. If um, you're the dry wood or the wet wood that Jay was talking about earlier, and you want to get a bit of momentum in your relationship with God and your journey with God, sow into what he's doing. Yeah. You'll, you'll suddenly come alive. Yeah. You've got some skin in the game. Yeah. It's like, wow, my treasure's there. My heart is there. I know I'm talking about money. I'm talking about money unapologetically tonight because it's so important. And if you're starting to grate on the inside, the only people I've ever met that get upset when you talk about money are people who don't give are people who are not generous, who don't understand generosity. Because a generous person goes, oh my goodness, we can do something here. We can make change here. And, and it's like, let me at it. I never used to be like that. I really didn't. It was like, I thought about me, I thought about where I was going, how I was going to get there, and I'd get the best deal I possibly could for me. And, you know, good luck if you're on the other end of the deal. I didn't really care about you. It was just me getting where I wanted to go. But God has modified me over the years to, to now I realize the opportunity, but also the blessing of what it is to be generous. And I can say, hand on heart, I love to be generous. I love to bless when I can. I love to. 2 Corinthians says this. This one's really important. Remember this. A farmer who plants... Only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's really important. The end of the day, I'm talking, I hope I'm talking with compassion, I hope I'm compelling you to give. But at the end of the day, don't feel pressured, please. Please don't feel pressured because that is not what this is about. You give what's in your heart. And if you can't do it cheerfully, don't do it. Although I've got to look back my own life and think when I was actually developing the habit of being generous, sometimes I just did what Jan told me. <laughs> oh, really? That much? But if you can't do it generously, don't let anyone twist your arm. Don't let me twist your arm. I would rather you didn't than felt under pressure. I think that's important. When I was a boy, I've got, I've got quite a conviction about this. When I was a boy, um, a, a young boy, a little fella, uh, I had these dreams, I think, about being a missionary. Now, I can't actually remember the dreams, but what I can remember is one of my aunties said to me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, oh, I think I want to be a missionary. And she said, why? Get a real job. And I thought, it must have scarred me a little bit, because I remember that. I, th I remember like popping the balloon of a, of a young fella that had this dream forming of wanting to serve God. Then as I became a teenager, I sort of thought, I wonder if I could be a pilot in math. You know, um, missionary aviation fellowship. Thank you. Forget every time. And, and that never came about, which is really, really good because I'm useless in turbulence. I would have needed a bag with me all the time, probably vomit all over the dashboard, all that flying in the hills. It would have been horrendous. 
but the thought of it was quite good. And then as my teen years went on, in my later teens, I just made some silly decisions and hung out with silly people and the wheels fell off for me. But then I was confronted with a life-changing incident or accident. And it was literally life-changing because it was my life was on the line. It could have gone either way for a little bit there. And God brought me through that. And if you know my testimony, he healed me. But what it gave me was a time to reassess my life and to reorient, reorientate my life to the direction that he was wanting. And I can remember sitting in a meeting a bit like this, and I remember the person at the front doing a, an older call to respond to Jesus and give our lives to him. And I just knew that God was talking to me, and I was terrified. I was terrified to respond to God, not because I was terrified of God, but because I was terrified that I wouldn't be able to live up to what I really knew I needed to do. But what I've discovered from then till now is that, yes, I can live up to it. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I get it right all the time. What it means is I know what it is to have relationship with God. I have relationship with you because relationship is what holds you, not doing it right. You know, it's not about ticking all the boxes. It's about walking with Jesus in relationship. And that's what I learned. And I, I found that I can walk in relationship with him and he works the rest out. He does as you go along. It's, it's a wonderful thing. So I've grown conviction over my lifetime that God is calling us to partner with him. That doesn't mean partner with him in perfection. It means partner with him as we grow. And there's some important things like, you know, we're going to start a series, um, not next Sunday night, the one after, I think, for the night, but next Sunday in the morning, uh, on wisdom, which I think you'll really enjoy. It's going to be fantastic with wisdom. But, you know, part of wisdom is making sure your ladder's on the right wall. There's no time spending a life, no point spending a lifetime climbing some ladder to go somewhere to discover that you're on the wrong wall when you get there. You know, it's wisdom. And God wants to make sure we've got our ladder on the right wall and that we're walking, that we're journeying with him. That, for me, has uh, helped me discover that what he wants from us as disciples is us to be all in. He doesn't want part-time disciples. He wants disciples. And he wants us to be all in in our relationship and our journey with him. And it's so important that we are all in. You know the old thing, eh? If you, if you stand on a fence for long enough, you're going to get really hurt. Sooner or later, you're going to get hurt. He wants us all in. And there's a wonderful opportunity as we sow practices, as we sow habits, as we grow in relationship, to developing the fact that we are all in, which again doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we're all in. And we're going to keep going and keep on this journey. That's what I get really excited about what's happening right now. I get to choose vision and mission. And to be part of it. Does it scare me? Where we are right at the moment with our local vision, about to go to a new campus in a few weeks and, and start all that process and not quite having a perfectly clear picture of what it looks like, the honest truth is it's really scary. It is. I don't, I don't show it probably because I'm a headlines person, which means God said get to here, we've got to here. Awesome. We're going to go over there. Awesome. That's fantastic. I'm going, what's next, Lord? What to from here? 
What's next on the agenda? All the people around me that think details are freaking out big time. They're going, do you realise what this means, Sharon? We've got to do this, 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 this. Go, oh, yeah, that's right. Never thought of that. I, I just think the headlines. Jan thinks details. And she goes, you thought about this and that? Oh, not really. I'm just asking God what's next. Um, and that's all right, but it's really scary. Um, generosity. As I said, it's pretty scary. Kind of got past the comfortable zone into the miracle zone. I'm excited about that, but it's also scary. It's like, well, I wonder how that's going to happen. You know, is, is, do I wonder if, yeah, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just headlines. We'll just say, yes, we'll do it. And then we'll work it. We'll let God do it. When he gives it, we'll give it. That's how it works. But I've got a strong conviction about this. And I have a very strong conviction about investing into kingdom. I think this one gets me the most. Now, I have no problem at all saying no to good causes. It's terrible, isn't it? I, I have no problem at all saying no to good causes so that I can say yes to kingdom causes. Because what I've discovered is that there is a world out there that will give to good causes. There are corporates that will give to good causes. There are all sorts of people who will give to a good cause. But the church, disciples, you and me, we're the only ones that give to kingdom cause. And so God's got a job for us to do and he's put a vision in front of us and said, come on, let's walk into that together. I'm saying yes to that because that's a kingdom cause. That's going to have impact for generation upon generation. It's going to impact people's eternity for eternity. It's amazing. What a credible opportunity we have. So sometimes I just have to say no to other things. So I can sow into kingdom things. And I guess that's what I'm asking all of us today. It's our job as disciples to invest into kingdom things. It's our job as disciples, my job, your job, to partner with what God's doing and invest into that, and we respond by faith. One of the challenges for me and for us, I pray, is that when we respond, we respond in such a way that it gives God room to move. God room to stretch us, to shape us, to make us. And you know, today we're believing for miracles. We prayed for miracles at the start. We're believing for a miracle offering that's going to have incredible kingdom outcomes.